Chapter 62 of The Social War of 1900 or The Conspirators and Lovers. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Social War of 1900 or The Conspirators and Lovers by Simon Landis. Chapter 62 the fight between the naturalists and conspirators. The time was approaching when bloody war seemed to scent the air, because either side was determined to win. The bloody conspirators had recently met with an opposition that they never thought could be brought to bear against the elect. But it only shows that truth and righteousness are more powerful and influential, when rightly presented to all classes of people, than all other things combined. Dr. Juno fully understands how to swing the flaming sword skillfully around the heads of saints and sinners, and with his great mind he can fairly carry conviction to the heart of anyone. Yes, he can make it seem that even his most cruel treatment of his enemies is a Christian charity. Take as an example Deacon Rob Stew's case, which undoubtedly will prove a benefit to the deacon. Then again behold Dr. Juno's noble and Christ-like amnesty and invitation to his persecutors. What an act of charity, and how much more humane such conduct is, to that which is shown the world by the sectarian people, who are the children of the bloody clique! The sacredly secret conclave has been broken up at their last meeting at Tabernacle Hall, when Dr. Juno and his men took all the members of the conclave prisoners of war. As Dr. Juno stepped into their hall and said, "'I arrest you all,' he found his old prisoner of war, Deacon Rob Stew, on the floor making a speech, which was a breach of his parole. And when the latter beheld Dr. Juno, he almost fainted, which caused the whole sainthood to remain silent as the tomb. Whilst these two heroes gazed at each other, Nancy Clover rose to her feet, and in a most solemn and dignified manner said, Dr. Juno, sir, what cause have you to make an assault upon our private meditations? Do we not live in a free country, where all have an inalienable right to serve God according to the dictates of conscience?" "'Truly,' interrupted Dr. Juno, "'but conspiring to rob others of this very right that you have just spoken of, is not serving God nor man. And it illy becomes you to argue in favour of republican liberties, whilst you individually and collectively have used every foul means to crush those who claim that very right, but which this sacredly secret conclave of bloody conspirators has prosecuted without just cause, has persecuted with a determination that has at last, thank heaven, aroused the loyal heart of American freedom, and I am here as the champion of that cause and people, for the purpose of dispersing, disposing, and forever subduing this bloody clique. Do you comprehend me now, and dare any man or woman in this place resist my orders? If there is any one here who dare do so, whilst I have my army of soldiers within and without, let him do so at his or her peril. However, I am willing to hear what this ingrate and perjured villain, Deacon Stew, who is your spokesman, has to say for being found again amongst you, evidently urging you on in the treasonable work of deviltry. I pause for an explanation." The deacon stood still and silent, casting his eyes upon Nancy Clover and Reverend Joe Peer, when Sister Nancy Clover said, "'Brother Stew, speak up to this man. 
and do not be browbeaten by a rude innovator and public rioter like this Juno. Better be a little cautious how you address your satellites in my presence, or you may fare unpleasantly, if you are the feminine planet star of this conclave. Be assured of that, my brave heroine in a bad cause," interposed Dr. Juno. "'Sir, you impudent scoundrel! How dare you insult me in this manner! I order the brothers to repair instantly to the armory for weapons, and if you won't leave, shoot you down like dogs!' responded Nancy Clover, in a terrific rage. "'Arrest that woman, and convey her to the background,' commanded Dr. Juno. In a moment she was seized, but she struggled terribly, and called out, "'Brothers, shoot these rioters!' "'Ha! My lady, two can play at that little game,' said Dr. Juno, and commanded, "'Soldiers, make a charge upon all the conspirators who resist, and if any are found with arms in their hands, shoot them dead. Show them no quarters. They gave me none when I was in their power.' By this time the conspirators made a desperate struggle to arm themselves, several having returned from the armory with rifles. But Dr. Juno had the advantage, therefore he said again, "'Soldiers, slay and bind every one who dares to resist, and carry that woman out of the hall.' To which Nancy Clover replied, as she was being secured and carried away, "'Fire, brothers, fire, and yield not one inch of ground!' Just then a naturalist put a stopper of tow into Miss Nancy Clover's chatterbox, when the saintly heroine gave the ungentlemanly fellow a blow with her fist that caused him to seek the floor, and she shouted, "'Brothers, victory or death! Make a bayonet charge! Shoot, cut, and kill these cutthroats!' By this time Sister Nancy was ruthlessly dragged from the scene by the hand of Dr. Juno, who said, you are a daredevil and will cause the spilling of blood, therefore you shall feel my power," when he threw her to the ground and gagged and bound her with his own hands, and ordered his men to remove her to the wagon and guard her. Then he returned to the hall, where he found a terrific fight. Shooting, bayoneting, and striking with chairs were freely in operation. He urged his men on, and raising his own revolver, leveled it at the face of Reverend Joe Peer who had skulked behind a post. When the skulker saw Dr. Juno's movements, he screamed vehemently, "'Brothers, stop! Oh, stop this fighting! And, oh, Lord, Brother Juno, don't shoot! Don't, I pray you, I pray you!' This had a wonderful effect on the conspirators, each one lowering his weapon, and when Dr. Juno saw it, he also said, "'Soldiers, cease your assaults!' but if any conspirator makes an attempt to renew the fight, shoot him. Watch them whilst they have those loaded rifles in their hands. Conspirators, hear me. I order you not to stir or shoot, for the first man that does will see a bullet from this pistol kill this man, Joe Peer." To which Reverend Joe Peer fairly yelled, "'Brothers, drop your arms! Lord, drop them instantly! And Brother Juno, Remove that pistol, for God's sake! I fear, oh, I fear pistols, and let us make peace! I am a peace-man, yes, the Lord knows, a peace-man!" To which Dr. Juno replied, "'I see you are not a very fierce warrior, but I do not fancy the idea of being called a brother by you. I am no brother of yours, neither in bloody conniving nor cowardice.' 
I know that, O oh Lord, I know that to my sorrow and dread. But you are a noble, brave, and great hero," gasped Reverend Joe Peer. "'Come, come, Reverend President Peer, do not attempt to soft-soap me, or I may wipe your hypocritical life from that cowardly body of yours,' said Dr. Juno, again raising his pistol to his heart, when he winced and stammered, "'Oh, save, save my life only this once, and I will tell you all!' End of chapter 62